0: Father, we declare the blessing. And we thank you, Father, for your promises are yes and amen. And we thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Father, for the anointing. We thank you, Father, for the freedom. we thank you father for everything you start you finish in jesus name amen and amen thank you father In there. God's just working in hearts. He's working in hearts. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. Just waiting on his presence. Just waiting on his presence. He's so faithful. He is so faithful and he's so awesome. Did I did I turn this on? Yes. God is so good. In that waiting upon the Lord. At waiting upon the Lord we must wait upon the Lord and he is our source of everything and sometimes sometimes we don't let God put a word in <laughs> and we got to wait upon him and He always answers. You know the problem is sometimes the answer he gives us is not the answer we wanted. And so we keep asking until we try to get the answer we want. You know when your kids do that? And then we... we, we We think because he didn't answer what we wanted, that he didn't hear us, or that he didn't love us, but because he loves us, he wants to give us what's best for us, and sometimes what we think is best for us is not what he knows will be best for us. I challenge you to stop fighting God with what he wants to do in your life. Because we are experts at that. We are experts at fighting God's will for our lives. Because it doesn't match up with the plan that we had for our lives. And what happens is that we have deviated from pursuing God and following God. And we try to stand upon verses without understanding their fullness. We'll declare things like, and God will grant me the desires of my heart. But it's delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. It's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added on. And if you get one thing from today, those of you that are here in the building or if you're watching us online, if you get one thing out of November 22nd, 2020, is that you got to do your part and let God do his part. But you got to do your part. Your part is to delight yourself in the Lord. Your part is to seek God and his righteousness. And then he takes care of the rest. Are you going to be perfect? Heck no. Are you going to fall? Yes. And if you repent, will God forgive you? Yes. None of us are perfect. We all fall. The key is we're trying to fall a little less every day. Now, I encourage you, learn from yesterday's fall. And if you fell because there was a hole in the lawn, fill the hole and don't keep falling. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had a ditch, a little hole in your backyard? And you trip, and you're like, oh, I should fill that. But then you forget, and then next week you go out there and you trip again. It's like, oh, I should fill that. Go buy a bag of sand and fill the hole. And when that hole's filled, there might be another situation that arises. Then go fill that hole so that you don't trip on that one. Because there's always going to be something. And be weary when you think you already mastered it. Be weary when you think that no longer is my temptation. I've said this story many times, but I'll share it real quickly again. I remember... uh, My pastor of years ago, Pastor Delgado from Alpha and Omega, he uh, he recounted a story of when he came to Christ. He was part of a worship—not uh, a worship—he was part of a band, a secular band, in Chicago, and uh, one of the band members who had told him about Christ, who had come to Christ or whatnot. This band member would always walk an extra like block or two to a different bus stop than where they all waited. And in Chicago, it gets very cold and is known as the Windy City and all this stuff. So he asked him, was like, dude, why do you walk all the way to that bus stop? And he said, because I was an alcoholic. And the bus stop right in front of us is in front of a bar. And it's very cold. And even though I got a sweater on, if I sit there long enough, staring at that bar, there's going to be a moment where I'm very cold and I say, let me just go inside for a minute. So I'd rather walk a block or two and sit in front of something else that's not a bar. See, that's how you stay right with God. Don't put yourself in the situation. Whatever is the situation that the enemy used to tempt you, don't put yourself in that situation anymore. Don't put yourself in that situation anymore. Eliminate it. Get rid of it so that then you can do what God wants you to do. Are you with me? Come on, can you give God a hand of praise? So I haven't gone outside in about an hour. Is it raining outside? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. I heard all this water. I was like, we had, I don't know what it was. I thought it was the air conditioner for a second. I was going to say, oh what's going on with that thing? But it's not, it's raining. All right, we're good. All right. This freaked me out for a second. I just hear it like, you know, there's something going on. Well, we're dry and it's not leaking, so we're good, all right? Today, we are hitting part 12. I don't have enough fingers, all right? (laughs) Let's do this. I got five toes, five, and two. We got 12, part 12 of Juicy Fruit. And uh, it's been a long series, but it's been a good one. And today, we're going to be hitting one of the most important if not the most important per- part of this series. So come on, let's, let's say Galatians 5.22. We're gonna say it all together because we know it and we're gonna declare this verse every day, but we've already learned it from hearing it every single week, but are you ready? One, two, three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And I want to remind you, as I've said every single week, the fruit of the Spirit is. Not the fruits of the Spirit are. Why? Because it is one fruit. If you go back to the beginning of this series, you'd remember that we talked about the fact that God is the divine gardener. Jesus is the vine, and you and I, when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we are grafted into that vine, we are then become, or we become the branches. Now the Holy Spirit flowing through us, it's the same Holy Spirit that flowed through Jesus when he was on earth, flowing through us is what then produces the fruit. And it's not that we have one and not the other, we are to have all of it because it is one fruit. One fruit. And today we're going to be talking about that last portion of it, self-control. Come on, say this morning, self-control. If you're online, I want you to type it in the comment box, self-control. By the way, for those of you online, I love, I always go back and I check who commented, who was there, because I like to know who was there interacting with us. So I appreciate you guys being connected there with us. Self-control. We live in a world that is out of control can I get an amen on that one (laughs) we live in an intemperate world the society that we live in today in 2020 has the mindset that if you're not with me you're against me if we disagree on something it's because you hate on me or hate everybody that's like me or whatever We live in an intemperate world and self-control is truly what separates a believer from an unbeliever. Very well should be at the very least. It's the last one that is mentioned but I would argue that it's probably the most important one. And if you don't have self-control, ultimately we miss out on some of the greatest blessings that God has for us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down this morning. It's the definition of self-control or temperance, the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Now I put there as well the word temperance because there are multiple verses. We're actually gonna read a few of them today that uses the word temperance or temperate, but it is the same word in the original language. And so anywhere in the New Testament where you read self-control and temperance, it's talking about the same thing. And it is the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Spirit and mind taking over what the soul wants the desires that we want lack of self control will actually end up costing you or disqualifying you look at what first corinthians chapter 9 says go to first corinthians chapter 9 first corinthians chapter 9 you can read it on the bible there behind me on the screen if you've got a bible look it up we're going to read first corinthians chapter number 9 we're going to begin reading in verse number 24. It says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? See, I think Paul would be very upset with today's society that everybody gets a ribbon. Y'all didn't catch that one, I guess. But We live in a society where everybody's a winner. No, you're not. You're not. Can I talk to the parents for one second? Please allow your children to learn that they're not the best at everything. And that they don't deserve everything. Because that's part of the problem we've created in today's culture and society. You deserve this. No, you earn it. You strive. It used to be that if a child didn't do well at school, it's probably because they weren't listening, paying attention, or studied. Now it's because the teacher's no good. No, it's not. Johnny was throwing papers across the room instead of paying attention. Well, in today's society, Johnny was flipping his mask at somebody, not, you know. (laughs) Got to make it 2020. Allow your children to learn that they can't that they won't win every single time. Part of the situation that we do, part of the things that we do sometimes as parents that we don't realize it is that we 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 try to tell them that they can do anything and it sounds great. But the reality is you can't. I'm not getting into a parenting seminar today so we'll switch back into the word here, but Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. I just told you, self-control, temperance, same word. Those who compete for the prize is temperate in all things. Now that we, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we to obtain an imperishable crown. So let's talk about what that means for a second, being temperate in all things. An athlete who has a game tomorrow will not eat or drink certain things so that their body's not lethargic the next day during the race or the competition. That's right. An athlete will be temperate, will abstain from things that will cause their body to be sluggish the next day. And what the Apostle Paul here is saying is, we need to be temperate, we need to learn how to abstain, how to have self-control, so that then we can win that incorruptible imperishable crown when we get to heaven. Look what it continues to say in verse number 26. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Disqualified. In other words, I'm going to hold myself even to a higher standard because I don't want to be the one that said one thing and then was disqualified because of lack of self-control. Self-control will disqualify us. Lack of self-control will disqualify us. Not having control of our body, of our actions. Put the definition up for me one more time. The virtue of one who has their passions and desires mastered or under control. And we're working at that. Constantly, we're working at this. Are you with me? Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Self-control keeps the juice in. Self-control keeps the juice in. How many of you here have ever gotten an orange? Anybody? ever? Orange? An orange. na Yes? No? An orange, we want them to be juicy. But there's something that contains the juice inside till the moment that we're going to eat it and have the juice. It's that, that skin, the rind, la caca. How many of you had one of those little mangoes? You know the little mangoes, the ones that you just cut the tip and then you cut it and you suck it all out? Y'all know what I'm talking about? The little mangoes, not the big ones, those little yellow ones. Those suckers are good. (laughs) In the spiritual aspect, here's what's happening. When we don't have self-control... We are cutting a piece of the fruit, which then lets the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness all seep out. Self-control keeps it all put together. I told you, this is the last one, but not because it's least important. It's probably the most important one. Love jumped in line ahead of them, I guess. But you need the self-control to keep them all in place and keep them all together. If you're writing down, I want you to write this down. Self-control is a requirement for church offices, ministerial positions. Pastor, prophet, teacher, apostle, evangelist, deacon, elders, bishop. It is a requirement. It, it, it should be a requirement for everybody. And in my next point, I'll tell you that it's essential. But for those that want to be in ministerial office, it's a requirement. It says it in Timothy. It says it in Titus. We're going to read Titus. Go to Titus chapter 1. The book of Titus chapter 1. It's only like three pages. If you go real fast, you might miss it. In Titus chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, for this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I command you. Verse number 7, it says, for if a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, wholly self-controlled holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. It is a requirement to have self-control. I love listening to teachings and preachings from Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall passed away a number of years already ago but he was an anointed man of God, a supreme teacher on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, a lot of his materials is what I've studied for this, all I've been studying for these last series that we've done on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and on the fruit of the Spirit. And he recounts a story of going to Alaska to be with a pastor at a church. And um, the pastor's car got a flat tire. And so they took the car over to the gas station to get the tire repaired. And they dropped it off, and they told them it was going to take an hour. And they came back an hour later, and guess what? It wasn't ready yet. And this pastor lost it on the guy at the gas station. We miss it, okay? So he let him have it, Finally, the car gets ready, and Lester Summerall looks at the pastor when they get in the car and says, Hey, why don't you go back over there to him and tell him you're the pastor of that local church over there and invite him to go to service on Sunday? And the pastor looked at him and said, "I I can't do that. And he said, Exactly, because you were not temperate, you lost control. It's happened to me. When you call that, you know, company to get an item replaced or whatever the situation is, and after you've been transferred from person to person to person, you lose it for a second. And then they're like, and what's your name? My name is David Perez. What's your email? Pastor David. (laughs) might need to create another email address you know (laughs) being honest alright y'all appreciate when I'm being honest with you we're called to be temperate and self-controlled and if you know that God has called you into ministry understand that you are required to walk at a higher level We all are, but especially it is a requirement for those that are called to be into ministerial offices. But for all Christians, jot this down. Self-control is a necessary quality for the believer. It's a requirement for those that are called into ministry, but it is a necessary quality for every believer. Look what the Bible says in 2 Peter. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Chapter number 1. Second Peter 1, starting verse number 4. says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through salvation. Am I reading the right one? I'm sorry, I'm reading 1 Peter. I, it didn't sound right to me for a second there. I was like, this isn't, where, where am I going to catch it? All right, there we go. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For in these things, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who are living an unfruitful life as a Christian, and many times because of lack of self-control. You're putting in through one side, but it's getting out through the other. I remember playing a game with youth at at youth retreats where we would have them uh, run back and forth to fill a container with water. But the container that they were using to run back and forth had holes in it. So it makes it fun. It's a a fun water activity, right? So they'd come up to the side and they'd get the bucket and they'd fill it with water. But as they ran all the way to the other side, the water in the bucket is falling out. Lack of self-control, that's what's happening in our lives. We're coming on Sunday, God, fill me, fill me, fill me, but we have so much lack of self-control every other day because self-control is not just a one-day-a-week thing. It's subjecting yourself to what God wants every day. Pastor, that's hard. Yeah. But run the race like the one that wants to win it. Strive to get better. And every day ask God to fill you and help you have self-control. And don't put yourself in the situations that cause you to fall. Eliminate friendships with people that cause you to go in the different direction. Because we all got those people. And some of them might even go to the same church as you and, and, and be Christians but they call you and they start their statement by saying, I'm not calling to gossip. I'm calling so that I can tell you about this so you can pray. Liar. You're a gossiper. It reminds me of the story of these three ministers that go on a boat. Y'all, some of y'all heard this story. And they're there and they're in the middle of the ocean They're talking to each other. It's like you know, we 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 we're we're all in the same thing. We can be honest with each other. And one of them says, "I have to tell you guys, I need you to pray for me because I'm prone to want to drink." And the other guy's like, "Man, we're going to be praying for you and helping you stay right." The other guy says, "I need to be honest with you. I I, I'm prone to want to gamble." I used to gamble, and every time there's a game going on, I want to place money. I I, I have this issue. Pray for me. And the third guy's sitting there or whatever, and they're like, what about you? And he's like, I got to tell you guys, I'm prone to gossip, (laughs) and I can't wait to get back to shore. (laughs) Oh, man. Had nothing to do with the preaching. I just thought it was funny. Do you know that they say that most accidents, car accidents, occur one mile from your home or work? Do you know that statistic? A high percentage of accidents occur one mile from your house or your job. Do you know why? That's where you are most often. So the likelihood increases there's a reason why as a christian sometimes the people that hurt you the most are other christians and it's because as you grow in your relationship with god you begin to interact more and more with other believers but don't use that as an opportunity to then get mad at god and walk away from him don't say i got into an accident i'll never drive again i don't know who this is for this morning doesn't have anything to do with self-control but god just put that in my spirit to share we get hurt by other believers many a times because that's who we are associating with in the same way that your probability of an accident goes up the closer you are to your house or your job self-control it is a necessary quality for the believer Now, you ask yourself the question, how do I keep it? What what do I do to maintain self-control? Well, jot this down. Close communion with God is key to self-control. Close communion with God is key to self-control. Go back to Galatians chapter 5. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you quote 5, 22, and 23, although you already know by memory. But go back to Galatians chapter 5 we're going to read verse number 16. Galatians five sixteen is what starts this area that we start talking about the fruit of the spirit. And before the fruit of the spirit talks about the lust of the flesh in verse 16, it says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Remember the word lust means strong desire, the desires of the flesh. The definition of self-control is to have one's desires or passions under control. So what does the verse say? Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want you to notice something there. It is not given out as a negative. As parents, sometimes we tell our children things negatively. What do I mean by that? If you do this, I'm going to punish you with this. That is being said negatively. You understand what I'm saying there, right? You're saying what the consequence is for the problem. That's not what God says here. God doesn't say here, if you fulfill the lust of the flesh, I'm going to punish you. He says, if you walk in the spirit, you're not gonna fall into the lust of the flesh. If you're walking in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Why? Because the closer you are in communion with God, the easier it is to subject your soul to do what God wants you to do and not what it wants to do. The closer you are in communion with God. Do you want me to tell you? One of the worst things that I have seen happen during this situation of the pandemic? One of the worst things I'm not saying is the worst, but one because lots of people have lost their lives. But one of the worst things that I have encountered is the people who have fallen back into old sins and old habits and old situations, and it's because of the fact that they have stopped the fellowship and the building with other believers and their communion with God. Because communion with God is what keeps you in self-control. Well, I can have communion with God at home. Yes, you can. But at a certain point, you get weak because you don't have other people around you. And that's when it's easier to slip. But I got good news for you. God is ready to pick you back up and restore you. God is ready to pick you back up and say, let's go, all good. Communion with God is the key to self-control. Time in worship, time in prayer. Too many times we get comfortable where we are. It reminds me of Samson. Samson got pretty comfortable in his vow as a Nazarite. If you read in scripture, Samson, as long as others, had the vow of a Nazarite. They had to live their life under complete self-control. They could not drink wine. They could not touch dead bodies. They could not cut the hair. Those were some of the regulations for the vow of a Nazarite. Now, as you read the story of Samson in the book of Judges, you will find that he was doing all of those things. But then one day he walked through a vineyard. Now, why was Samson, who could not drink wine, walking through a grape field? I don't know, but he felt comfortable that it wasn't going to tempt him. And when he was walking through the vineyard, a lion came out. And what did he do? The Bible says he grabbed the lion and tore it, ripped it, killed it. Killed the lion. But then you know what Samson did a little bit later? Enough time had passed that now the carcass of the lion was there. Nobody had picked it up. They didn't have Miami-Dade code compliance people driving around saying, hey, there's a lion, pick it up. And enough time had passed that some bees had in the body or the carcass of the lion made a hive and produced honey. So you know what Samson did? He came by again. He didn't drink wine last time. He didn't touch the grape. He didn't do the thing. But he went by there again, saw the carcass of the lion, said, hey, there's bees. Honey, I can have honey. And stuck his hand in the carcass of the lion to pull out the honey. Now he touched dead things. Started slipping in his self-control. To the moment where he finally even told Delilah that if he had cut his hair, that was like the final straw, guys. It wasn't that his hair was cut and that's it. It was the accumulation of the lack of self-control. And what did happen in Samson? He was captured, his eyes were gouged out. He was put as a slave, as a jester before the king. They would bring him and mock him. Now, In that time, he got right with God. And at the end of his life, God used him to destroy more Philistines than he had in his entire life before. But I want to say this, the lack of self-control caused a big chunk of heartache and missing out on God's best. Self-control keeps the juice in. And we need to strive to walk in self-control. And we do that by having accountability partners. We do that by getting plugged into our small groups and having people that we can talk to. We do that by having fellowship. Gesundheit. That's how we build this. You know, Patty and I get, keep getting asked a lot about our weight loss. It's hilarious. We've run into people, we've just ran into somebody the other day that hadn't seen us, and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys look so awesome. What did you do? Can, can, can I tell you something? Both her and I, through many years, not that we've never wanted to lose weight, we wanted to be healthier or whatever, but we were never kind of on the same page with it. She would try, I would try. I would do what worked for me, she would do what worked for her. But you know what was the big difference this time around? We were in it together. So when the temptation came to have another, you know, whatever. Sarusi sandwich, cookies and cream, stuffed crust Pizza. You know, when that temptation came, one would look at the other and say, is it going to be worth it? And that helped the other one be like, mm, no, you know what I'm talking about, right? Guys, it's the same thing in our walk with Christ. We need each other. I need you. You need each other. And we need you. You're watching us online, and you need each other. We need each other to help us stay accountable and maintain our self-control. Because if we don't have self-control, we end up losing out on some of the greatest things that God has for us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And self-control, it's what holds it all together so that we can reach the fullness and all of that juice stays inside the fruit. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I want us to just look at ourselves for a minute. Let's be honest with each other, be honest with ourselves. Let's take off the Mass that we hide behind. I'm not talking about the physical mass right now. I'm talking about the mass that we put up to make others think that everything is fine. Let's look at ourselves and let's examine ourselves. And if, like me, you can find that at times you lack in some self control, I want to pray with you. And God, this, this morning we come before your presence and we repent for allowing our desires and our passions to supersede what you want for us. And Lord, we wanna walk in self-control. We wanna subject ourselves to your will for us. And we ask you, Lord, to help us walk in self-control. Father, we commit to being in communion with you to daily spend time in worship, to daily spend time in prayer, to daily spend time in your presence, to interact with others that push us towards you so that we can stay in self-control. We thank you, Father, for you forgive us and restore us. And we thank you, Lord, for we know you have us in the palm of your hand. In Jesus' name. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I, I, I gotta give you that opportunity. If you're online listening to this on one of our podcasts right now, or if you're here in the building, the Bible says that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. What does it take to have relationship with God, number one, is to believe that Jesus is his son. And then it says in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth, when you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So the second thing after you believe it is to confess it, to declare it, to say it. And that's what I wanna give an opportunity today, to get right with God. And we're gonna pray this together. Us that are here in the building, we're gonna pray with you online. If you're saying, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life, or perhaps you're saying, I wanna get right with him today. And if that's you, I just want you to say this prayer. in Church, just pray it all together. Even if you're at home, say it out loud with us. Say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own I can't get to you. I believe that Jesus is your son that he came to earth lived a perfect life died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin and my unrighteousness. So today I ask Jesus come and live in my heart write my name in the book of life and from now on God, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did that today for the first time, we want to know so that we can pray with you. You got to tell somebody. So go ahead right there in the comment box, put the word Jesus. If you did this today for the first time or if you're getting right with God today, or go ahead and shoot us a text message at 786-226-7343 with the word